Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta's precedent-setting injury lawyers. Right out of the box and throwing some big right hands. Matias Yanmark lands two clubbing right hands. Has Coleman in trouble? Chopping right hand. Coleman staggered to his credit, stays on his feet, firing back, but Yanmark nailed him with three tremendous right hooks. We didn't have a great game, kind of got it, got a little chippy there, and then Dave was laying down, and yeah, I guess there's a time and place for everything. So uh, yeah, I felt like that was that was a time where I could could try and get something going, and uh, yeah, it doesn't happen too often. But uh, he obviously didn't want it first, and then in the penalty box, he asked if I still wanted it. So uh, yeah, that's what happened. All right, that's uh, Yad Mark from this afternoon. First chance we really had to ask him about that big fight against Coleman on Saturday night. Oilers didn't win that one. They did win last night against the. Los Angeles Kings, who are right back at it tonight, taking on the Calgary Flames scoreless with just over five minutes left in the first period. The Blues are here tomorrow to play the Oilers. Game starts at 6.30. Faceoff show will be at 5. Jets leading the Blues 3-2. Predators leading the Senators 2-1 late second period. In the third, Golden Knights are going to end the Maple Leafs winning streak. Uh, the Leafs, of course, had won seven straight. It'll end. It's 5-2 for the Golden Knights with 91 seconds left. Also in the third, Flyers up 4-1 on the Lightning. Looks like the Lightning have pulled their goalie with about seven minutes left. Sound familiar? Minnesota leads the Hurricanes 2-1, second period. Red Wings beat the Capitals 8-3. Panthers up 3-2 on the Sabres late in the third. And Montreal up 3-2 on the Coyotes late in the third. 780-496-0063 is our hotline presented by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed, pro all the way. You can email the show, Inside Sports at 630ched.com. Kellen, how are you doing? Doing great. How about you? I'm doing very well. What do we have coming in tonight? Well, you know what? I'm going to start on the uh, the the pulling the goalie early uh, stand, or, or from that stance, I guess, uh, because that's what the most recent text I got from a fella named Beck, who's texted in and says, "Why am I noticing goalies getting pulled a lot earlier since Patrick Waugh came back into the league as a head coach?" <laughs> Well, Patrick Waugh started that when he was with Colorado. I think that's uh, what he's getting at, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know if he's I, – I don't think coaches are reacting to him back being back in the league with the Islanders. Um, I don't have a problem with it. And – now, sorry, was it Beck you said that wrote that? Beck, yes. Beck. I don't know if Beck is saying he has a problem with it or he's just making an observation or he's being a little funny. But I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, Knobloch pulled... If you're down three and it's a terrible game, if your team is playing terrible and, and it's it seems kind of hopeless anyway, so what? Just, you know, you're not, you're not scoring five on five or you're not getting power plays or you can't score with the power play or whatever. So what? 
Pull the goalie. Try it. I mean, so the Oilers were down 5-2. Flames got an empty netter. So it was 6-2. Yanmark scored. Okay, so it ends 6-3. If Yanmark hadn't scored, it would have ended 6-2. Does it matter? The extra goal? I mean, I guess goal differential is eventually one of the tiebreakers if you're tied with somebody in the standings. But I really don't have a problem with it. And I'm at the point where I'm surprised that some people might be surprised by it or question it. Like, again, okay, if you're down one and you pull the goalie with six minutes left, well, okay, have some faith. Your team might try five. If if you're getting pounded, pull them. So what? I mean, a loss is a loss, whether it's 6-2, 7-2, or, or 6-4. Uh, I, I mean, yes, your odds of coming back are not great, but they're – with pulling the goalie, they're a little better than with not pulling your goalie. And who knows? Maybe you get one quick, and then you can put the goalie back in for a couple minutes and then do a pull at a more conventional time. So I, I don't think what Knobloch did is influenced by Patrick Waugh being back with the Islanders. I do think coaches are being influenced by what Patrick Waugh did when he was with the the Avalanche. Mm-hmm. Big Bald Tyler texting in says on Luke Gazdick's appearance tonight, Luke should do an audio book of his stories. He has so many and tells them in such an engaging fashion that I'd love to have a book to read or listen to. Uh, he goes on to ask if he's done this, what's the name of it? I don't think Luke has gotten to the point of writing a book yet. No, Luke point. doesn't have a book. Uh, Luke's been a great addition to this show, and I'm sure people hear him on other shows and podcasts, and you get to see him on TV. Oddly enough, I don't get to see him on TV as much because we're often doing our own broadcasts and interventions while he's on. But I I love having Luke on the show. And what's interesting with him is he often is telling stories about players who are still currently playing in the NHL or haven't been out very long. I mean, he's told stories about going to West Hampton Mall with Connor McDavid and the Taylor Hall Dallas Aikens water bottle incident and John Hines and Mike Camilleri almost getting into a fight. He told that a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I, I really enjoy Luke for sure. Mm. Got some chatter about Connor Brown as well texting in tonight. Uh, he hasn't scored, if people are wondering. <laughs> Still looking for that first goal of the year. Uh, I'll start with the with the negative chatter first. Eagles Larry texted in and says, Connor Brown, four points this season for almost $4 million. Nice money if you can get it. Absolute boat anchor. That's from Eagles Larry. Well, it's a ter- I mean, it's a terrible contract. I've said that several times. I don't know what else I- I'm supposed to say about it. I mean, I know people aren't blaming me for it, but We've had this discussion. He has five assists, by the way. He got an assist last night. He has five assists, and he's minus nine. He hasn't scored. Uh, the the money next year on the cap for somebody who might not score, and if he does, it won't be anywhere near what he's expected to score. Yeah, it's it sucks, and you can't do anything about it. Mm-hmm. The Don, on the other hand, texts in and says, Reed, there is a lot of negativity around Connor Brown, but that was a great pass to RNH to put last night's game on ice. I like Brown. He is a tenacious four-checker. Great on a PK. His goals will come. That's from the Don. Uh, well, I appreciate that. It was a great pass. I mean, if you're looking at that individual play, that was a really nice feed there to Nugent Hopkins. He's been, I, I would say, pretty good on the penalty kill. I mean, he's been on the penalty kill when it's been excellent, and he's been on the penalty kill when it's gone through slumps. So I guess you got to take one with the other there. Will the goals come? I don't know. 20 games into the season, I would have said probably eventually something will come. He's getting a little bit of ice time at times when 
the other team has the goalie pulled. Not not a ton. He was out there last night, and I can feel the fans getting excited if the puck's anywhere near him with the other team's net empty. Um, I, I, I look. I, I both. I think both those last two opinions are valid on Connor Brown. Mm-hmm. He he has done some things well, and if he were just paid the league minimum without the bonus for next year, you'd say, well, he's paid the league minimum. How much is he supposed to score? He's there to do other things. But because that cap penalty is in effect for next year, it's hard to look at zero goals and say, well, at least he works really hard on the penalty kill. And quite frankly. I don't know if he is a great forechecker because I don't think there's quite the burst and power in his game that I was expecting. He was described as, and you know, obviously Stoff has used this expression several times, the hope was he would be Zach Hyman light. Well, unfortunately, very, very light. Much too light mm-hmm. if you compare the two players. Yes, indeed. Um, we also got some chatter about, uh, uh, of course, we're getting close to the trade deadline tonight, uh, Reed, well, uh, coming up here. And uh, the text line overflowing, of course, with some names that people would love to see in an Oilers jersey after the trade deadline. Uh, got an unknown text here that says Shane Pinto would be a great permanent addition. I like his game. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then I got another one here that, uh, again, uh, I think Bob put it to rest on his show, but uh, Ivan Provorov, uh, apparently there was some rumblings. That yeah, was rumor I, about I, that. I saw something about that. I, I'm not so sure about Provorov either. I didn't. I didn't hear all of Bob's show. What did he say about it? Did he poo-poo it? Yeah, he's he said that's it's 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 a it's a non non-starter. Shane Pinto, I'll say this after the uh, basically suspended half the season for the gambling stuff, has almost a point a game in 15 games, 13 points in 15 games, best little stretch of his career. Mm-hmm. Angie texts again and says McDavid and Dreisaitl stink together already. They are not the magic formula together. And what's up with the coaching lately? Uh, well, I would disagree that they stink together. Uh, I think that that line had a pretty good game last night. I would uh, agree, though, that I would like to see those guys split up. Ideally, and I and I here's the thing: the coaches that have coached both those guys um, have kind of thought we're probably a better team if they're apart. But then something goes wrong. There's a bad stretch of of the season, and they get put together, and then it's like, oh yeah. When they're on, we pretty much uh, dominate or control the game. I'm not saying that line dominated against L.A. last night, but I thought it was was pretty good. I, I said this on the face-off show last night. Coming out of those three stinky games to start the homestand, where you didn't have a lot of energy, I would have put Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Hyman together. That has been the Oilers' best line this season, and one of the better lines in the league when they've been together and they've been really going. And I would have put Fogle on Dreisaitl's right side and then take your pick. Kane, Holloway, you, I mean, Knobloch wanted to reward Yanmark for a good game against Calgary, whatever. That's what I would have done. And if you guys listen to this show much, you know I rarely say something like that. So I, I feel pretty strongly that Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, and Hyman should be a line more often than not. And I think there are at least some reasonable options for Dreisaitl. I mean, I remember, and I've referenced this several times over the last few years, when the Oilers got swept by the Jets in 2021, 
Um, you know, they lost three overtime. Three of the four games went to overtime. Drysdale and McDavid were together. Nugent Hopkins was on another line. And Rob and I were talking after the fourth loss in the series, and I said, Rob, like, this team doesn't really have a third line. And Rob said, Reed, I would argue that they don't have a second line. Uh, that was probably valid. I, I don't think we're at that stage. Uh, I, I mean, there's certainly they, they have some pretty decent forwards. And, and to be fair, they have some guys who are having, like, I think Warren Fogel's having a good season. I don't think he's an awesome player. I, I you know, he's not going to be a 30 goal scorer, but he's his next goal is going to be a new career high. He he drives the play. He gets to the net. Yes, he doesn't score as often as people would like, but that's why he's a little lower down in the lineup. But I think he's someone that could play with Drysital sometimes. So there are options as opposed to just well, it's got to be Connor and Leon together for 22 minutes, and then we try to tie the other 38 minutes of the game. I I don't think the team is at that stage anymore. So I I, I didn't think Drysital McDavid stunk together, but. I, I would say that I, I hope they find solutions, find options, so they don't have to be together for game after game after game. Mm-hmm. Got an unknown text that's uh, come into our text line here at 780-496-0063 free tonight. Uh, looking to the future, Reed Wilkins, so bust out your crystal ball here. Uh, what kind of term yeah. and money would you Why offer Why are people Bouchard? asking me for predictions? Because maybe they see you as like the Johnny Carson uh, predictor type. What, what was the name of that gimmick? I can't remember. But. Oh, Karnak? Karnak, yes. Evan Bouchard's going to get a ton of money. Yes. Um, I, I mean, he'll get in the neighborhood quite likely of what Darnell Nurse is making. I mean, if he's a, if he's a point-a-game defenseman or close to it, it's it's the next contract's going to be huge. The next, the next contract is going to be huge, especially if, especially if, the Oilers win a championship, which him with him as their top offensive defenseman, right? I mean, it that that could very well be a massive deal, and if he continues to work to cut the mistakes out of his game, that gaff last night was was really bad. But then, as you see, he can come through with a couple of really good offensive plays. He's going to get a big con- big contract. I mean, what is he at this year? Uh, th- just double checking, three point nine, right? Um, it will probably more than double. Hmm. Okay. Uh, we also got one from uh, Dan from Red Deer. I think he's responding to uh, the earlier text about uh, uh, that was sent in from Beck about pulling the goalie er- earlier and earlier in games and why it's becoming a thing. Uh, he says, statistically, it is a thing. Coaches never do it, even though they should statistically. Malcolm Gladwell wrote a book called The Tipping Point, as well as he did a podcast episode partly on it, apparently. so that's On, on pulling goaltenders. Uh, 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 from the context of the text, that's what I'm getting, yes. Okay. Okay, I'll have to try, see if I can find that. I remember several years ago, probably close to 20 years ago, because I was working in Lloyd Minster, so it was probably around 2005. ESPN used to have that other website called Page Two. Do you remember that, Kellen? I vaguely remember. It was, it was great two, yep. stuff. And somebody wrote an analytical article about football saying that teams should never punt. That 
scoring points, of course, is the most important thing you can do in football. And if you don't have the ball, you won't score. I mean, yes, defensive touchdowns, but generally you have to be on offense to score. And this person argued, and, and he there was a coach in some high school he found some high school coach that they didn't even have a kicker. Like, they just had somebody who could kick off well enough, and I think they just tried short kicks all the time. But he said he said that the teams basically should never punt unless, you, you know, it, it's fourth and 25 or, uh, you know, you're up seven points and you're on your own 10-yard line late in the game. There were situations, but he said generally if it's, you know, I, I can't remember what the threshold was. It was something like fourth and six or less. Certainly it was fourth and four or less. You're better off going for it. The odds are in your favor that you're going to gain those yards and keep the ball longer and keep the drive going. Now, we've seen some, obviously, Dan Campbell for the Lions in the playoffs got oh, criticized yeah. for his couple of fourth down gambles. But it was a really convincing article. And this was, you know, again, this was almost two decades ago, basically saying punting is stupid. So I, I'd like to read this thing, say, hey, if you don't pull your goalie, pull him as early as you want. You need a goal. You're, you have a better chance of scoring if you've got an extra guy on the ice. Okay, we better do a timeout. This portion of the show presented by Cougar Paint and Collision, our family helping your family for 40 years. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by James H. Brown and Associates, Alberta injury lawyers. Go to jameshbrown.com. Okay, if you want to find this article, it was written by David Romer, R-O-M-E-R. It's called Do Firms Maximize? Evidence from Professional Football. So he's a, a, an economic research gentleman who used professional football and kicking and punting and going for it to talk about if firm if businesses maximize uh really interesting stuff he was written in 2006 we have mark on the line mark thanks for calling go ahead oh hi i just uh, take here i'm from edmonton but uh, i live in calgary but i uh i really fascinating uh, like uh interview you had there with luke there about the fighting oh thanks yeah, I just and I just to get the insight and you know I saw that Rempe, he's a Calgary kid and, and you know my my son just finishing his hockey and he kind of played Div One and, and Quadrant but you know you see the parents and it's just at what cost and kids get hurt and they want it so bad and and, and I think the parents want it so bad that injuries concussions like a lot of my my son's friends you know sixteen seventeen they're They've had they get three or four concussions a year, but they keep playing because you know, and a lot of it's driven by the parents. But you know, this Rempe kid, he just you could just see the he just the joy on Saturday night when they talked to him. And I was just wondering if maybe the code, like you know, the the code, right. and other fighters saw that. And I don't think he was being arrogant. He was just being generally youthful excitement and and passion. But the, the Delore just couldn't wait to probably reel them in but i i, I yeah. don't know it's just fascinating yeah no it, it is uh thanks for that call i wish we had more time to, to dive into that that uh the whole i mean i i found this and, and if you've listened to me over the years you, you know i'm not a huge fighting guy uh i can you know i if there's a game without a fight it, it doesn't bother me i i like body checking i like hitting i like aggression doesn't necessarily have to be a fight but i will fight i will tell you this as a talk show host you get incredible stories from fighters because they are doing something very unique and very difficult and very dangerous um 
So I think that those are important and very interesting stories to tell, quite frankly. Kellen, give me a, a text or two before we go here, buddy. Yeah. Uh, Dennis texts in out in Campbell River, says, would you have Brown on a team next year no. uh, at the league minimum? Oh. It depends how he finishes the year. Right now, I would say no. Okay, and a quick one from JB. Would you include Ryan McLeod in a trade to upgrade the free C position? Well, I'd have to know who was coming back. I I mean, I I think if you're trading someone like McLeod or Fogel or CeCe, you probably would have to throw in, be trading picks as well, and hopefully be getting two or even three players back. So that those would be my parameters for trading somebody like that. All right. Great stuff. Uh, we got to go, though. We got the game tomorrow. I'll join you for the face-off show at 5. Games at 6.30. Oilers and the Blues. Thanks for listening to Inside Sports, everybody.